against human trafficking. The church globally is a two billion strong revolutionary movement of justice and love. That's what we're part of. So don't you dare say to me, if just because I say we should pray, that that means I'm not doing something. It's the people who pray who are doing something. And welcome to the Together Podcast, a conversation about faith, justice, and how to change the world. I'm Dan, and today I'm joined remotely by Kat and Chris. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Yeah? So we're trying to record this remotely, um, so it might have the kind of feel of a Zoom meeting where we all interrupt <laughs> each other, and everybody everybody says, no, you go, no, you go, which is now the most <laughs> common phrase in the English dictionary. <laughs> Since yeah, we're I all doing like... Zoom. I feel like Zoom meetings and stuff, they have to be like, I think you have to get really regimented with them. I think someone should be like appointed leader and you just tell <laughs> everyone what to do at every single point. Yeah, yeah totally. I agree. Um, so guys, how, how are you doing? What's your, what's your view like right in this moment? So we're working from home. Um, do you have a good little setup there? Uh, yeah, I've got inflatable Jesus next to me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, any I mean, any like, context or just is there... <laughs> no i just i just put him in there to just you know keep me company so i feel like i've got some co-workers that's good that's good Aww. Yeah, no. oh yeah i'm still your co-worker even from afar <laughs> i know but you're not here in person so it doesn't count <laughs> i'm actually uh i'm in my little music station where i normally record at home so nice this feels very at nice. home for me yeah this is this must be uh familiar for you sat there if you just start doing some freestyle stuff um, without even realising, <laughs> just because you're in the zone, then that's absolutely fine. I think that's good. I mean, I've got a keyboard as well. Let's go for it. <laughs> oh, wow. Prepared. <laughs> as everybody knows who's listening to this, we're, we're in lockdown. We're currently uh, just heading into week four of lockdown. Um, guys, what, what would your one top tip be for, for anybody um, in this situation? either to keep them sane, to keep them entertained, um, to keep that routine. What what would your tip be if you were to give someone a tip? If you were to travel back in time four weeks and say to someone that this is coming, this is my one bit of advice for you, what would that be? Go um, stock up on toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that person. <laughs> I mean, I've only got Don't. two left, so I'm like, we've got to brave into the shops at some point. Uh, the shops are fine now. There's loads of them there. There's loads. Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. I think just make the most of like the outdoors. What's the outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> what is that guess... magical place? That <laughs> yeah, I guess your 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 question is what what the advice would be before lockdown or during lockdown during lockdown during lockdown yeah i think i think definitely like you know utilizing your one day one walk a day um because i did miss a couple so there was a time where i went went out on the saturday and then didn't go out again until the following saturday and that felt weird <laughs> <laughs> that is proper like extreme lockdown it is yeah um Mine would be to start your car. Uh, <laughs> you never know when it's just going to say no and not work. <laughs> That's so, yeah, a start, good point. start it once a day. <laughs> no, but then don't, shouldn't you like run it for a little while as well? Because yeah. if you just start it and turn it off, it'll actually die. Yeah, run it for a little bit. That's what I do. Because obviously, well, I need it to get supplies. 
So that part is important. But in terms of like an actual like like psychological spiritual thing for you to help your life, um, I'd say give yourself a bit of grace. Like mm. it's routine's great for now, of course. I think it's really important that everyone tries to get a routine. But if like you don't do something one day, like it's not the end of the world. Um, I was talking to my cousin. He was just like struggling with like putting on weight. Meanwhile, this guy is like he's skinny and mobber. So I'm just like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, if you if you're eating a little bit more than you normally do, like it's fine. Don't don't mm. worry. Mm. I like that, Chris. I actually really needed to hear that because I've been struggling to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think my uh, my two bits of advice. Uh, first one is similar to what you were just saying but um i don't know about you guys but when you wake up and you have a shower or whatever and, and you come to get dressed the temptation to put on the jogging bottoms is strong my <laughs> yeah. advice would be always reach for the jeans or tra- or you could go smarter and just go trousers like full-on suit but i think i think just getting um wearing clothes that you would wear outdoors <laughs> 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 helps me get ready and in the right frame of mind uh, so that's yeah, that's one that is kind of half joke, but also half serious. I think <laughs> I think the one um, that someone shared with me was uh, use every day call someone you haven't spoken to in three months, um, mm. and so mm. there's we're we're quite good now at jumping on Zoom calls and house party and that kind of thing and talking to the people that we would see every day and that's important. Um, but really, uh, this this also provides us the opportunity to get back in touch with people we haven't spoken to for a while. Just check in with them, say hey um so that might be a phone call or even drop them a text or anything and so that's been quite good because it's been in my mind okay who who should i do who should i text today who should i call today um Mm. and then you kind of build up some momentum and so i've been doing that for um over a week now and then you just start up conversations with people you haven't spoken to for a while so uh definitely worth worth trying that one out that's really good that's a great idea i might start that myself (laughs) yeah go for it (laughs) let us know so there you go guys there's um some advice for you listening out there in lockdown but that was just waffle because i know you've been waiting for the the pivotal moment in the podcast that is cat's questions so cat put everybody who's who's waiting for this i was gonna say out of their misery um <laughs> but they're all waiting in such excitement put them out of their excitement cat what is today's cat's questions well i feel like chris missed out on one last week <laughs> you um, didn't chris but... <laughs> Um, it, it actually has um, come from last week's question. Well, technically the question that um, Dan asked me mm-hmm. about the the sauces in the fridge or in the cupboard. Yeah. So then I thought <clears throat> the, com- the, the popular combo, ketchup and mayo. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, fully behind it. I will back that until the day I die. So what's the question? Would I combine the two well, or do, which do I yeah. prefer? Yeah, what do you think about the combo of ketchup and mayo? I'm a massive fan, actually. Okay, well, see, this is not going to work. <laughs> that was too. That was You're too easy. Something controversial. <laughs> I, I hate, was expecting I someone hate the combo. to be like, "No, this is wrong." Okay, Chris, you pretend that you hate it, and I'll I'll say that I like it, and that makes better listening. But now, I, I think particularly. So, my if I have potato wedges then I'm a massive fan. I don't necessarily mix the two sauces. So I'll have ketchup on one side in a ketchup 
um, area and mayo right. on the other side of the mayo area. But over time, I will kind of dip in one and dip in the other. And so there is a bit of cross-contamination. Uh, but I don't... No, see, I have to mix it all in. Yeah, I'm a big mixer. I'm okay, a big now, mixer. Now, we're get, now we're getting to the controversy then. <laughs> well, what's the, why are you playing around? You just got to get it in there and then mix it up. 1,000%. It's like homemade burger sauce. Exactly. What I do, I normally will like my first chip will be will be the one that is blessed to be the mixer, and I will mix yes. it all with my first chip. Mm. And it's usually the one with the most flavor as well. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got a, a lockdown special um, cat's question, <laughs> Dan's question. Um, if if you could only have one streaming platform from now, what would it be? Ooh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, I didn't even YouTube. I didn't even think about YouTube. I was thinking doesn't more, count. I was thinking more your paid for services, but it totally okay. counts. Totally if, counts. Yeah, no. If if we're talking like free as well, definitely YouTube. I think if we're talking paid services, I think it's between Spotify and Netflix. Yeah. But then I've not been listening to as much music since I've been stuck yeah, in the same. house. So maybe Netflix. I think for me, I I'm between Netflix and disney plus because on the disney plus i'm uh we're going through the marvel films in order of release date mm. i'm that guy uh so <laughs> current currently on captain america um so i think if i lost that now there'll be a bit of devastation but equally <laughs> um with netflix i need to find out what happens to carol baskin so um <laughs> three episodes no four episodes now of tiger king with about three episodes left. So yeah, I think I think it would have to be between those two. If I had to choose, I'd probably go with Disney Plus just until I finish Marvel. Wow, that's that's yeah, a big shout. It is a big shout. That's a huge shout. shout. Yeah. Plus Frozen Two as well. So Every... What is the deal with Tiger King? Come on, can we actually talk about this? <laughs> have you because... watched it? No, because everyone everyone has been telling me to watch it. And then so we sat down and watched the trailer yesterday and it just looks horrendous. No, it's 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 mad. It's it's something that you p- couldn't possibly write. I'm only four episodes in, but the twists and the complexity and the characters kind of, or not characters, they're real people. Surprisingly, they're <laughs> real people. Um, <laughs> popping up from like just nowhere and then suddenly just becoming major characters in this, in this real life story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got, you've yeah, got to almost check started it. I almost started it the other day, but it was just one of those moments. You know, when you sit down to watch something, it's like, nah, not in the mood. <laughs> I just mm. literally went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe maybe you guys need to keep Netflix and and watch that, and then in a, in a future podcast we can we can talk about how crazy it all is. Okay, great. So thanks, Cat, for another thrilling Cat's Questions <laughs> segment. Um, so today uh, it's time to get to the interview uh, with Pete Gregg. So Pete is the founder of 24-7 Prayer, and Chris caught up with him earlier in the year at the Justice Conference where he shared why prayer is essential to seeing a more just world. So uh, here we go. Here's Chris's interview with Pete Gregg. So my name is Pete Gregg. I'm the uh, bewildered founder of 24-7 Prayer International, and I'm also pastor of a uh, a church called Emmaus Road in the south of England. I've been there once before. Come back again. <laughs> Have food with me this time. I will. Now I'm, de- I'm going to definitely take you off on that. Do so. You like you said, you found twenty four seven prayer. But interestingly, I went on your Twitter profile the other day, and your pinned tweet says that you're not actually into prayer. 
Yes. You're just more into talking to Jesus. What's, yeah. what's that distinction for you? What, what are you trying to say there? Hey, the only reason we started 24-7 prayer was we realized it's the key to everything. Prayer is the key to everything, and we were bad at it, right? So we started praying night and day just to see if we could, and then it went all over the world. And the weird thing is now, 20 years later, everyone goes, you're the prayer guy, but I actually only got into it because I was bad at it. Yeah. You know, I find it difficult. I, you know, God's invisible most mm. of the time, hearty, and all that. And I don't think I'm really into prayer. I think I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just into Jesus, mm. and so I talk to him, and he talks to me, and they yeah. go, that's praying. And, and it's like, like with a lot of things. I'm not really into evangelism. Mm. I hate evangelism. It's horrible. Mm. But I'm into Jesus, so I do talk to people about him. Yeah. Like when you go to a movie and you like it, you say to your friends, you've got to see it. So I can't, And then people say you're doing that religious thing called evangelism. But I'm not really. It's just I'm into mm. Jesus. And, and it's the same with justice. Yeah. I'm not really into justice. <laughs> you know, you shot I'm just into Jesus. <laughs> Stop Je- the fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just into Jesus. And so that means I pick a fight with his enemies. Yeah. And when I see things I know make him angry, that makes me angry too. And then people say, oh, you're doing this thing called justice. Well, it's not, for me, it's, it really is about having a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And that results in you doing these things they call prayer and yeah. you know, mission and justice. But the heart of it really is focus on Jesus. And some people get so into prayer or mm. justice or evangelism, they actually lose sight of Jesus, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like people can start to be defined by their action yeah. rather than why you're even doing it yeah the reason behind it yeah have you did you find that in your journey from starting 24 7 yeah those years back until now like what what has brought you to this realization that you're not even about prayer you're not about evangelism you're not about justice you're about jesus what how did you get there you know nothing else really lasts like you know when you get really really into something for a bit you're like i'm going to be into i don't know left-handed skateboarding and chinchilla <laughs> raising for the rest of my life and and you think this is the best thing ever and then like two years later you're like it's not that great really yeah. and and I think I feel like that with life you get into things they come and go and now I'm an old fart you know I'm, I'm 51 years old honestly all that stuff the the latest like I don't know worship leader the latest you know whatever conference you got to go to it all comes and goes but the jesus thing i mm. just can't get away from there was just no one better no one more beautiful no one more amazing no one more inspiring no one who just makes sense of life yeah. for me and so then i'm like i want to follow jesus i mean look it's better than i no one has yet given me a better alternative as a way to live mm. no one's shown me a more inspiring person to follow mm. than jesus and then you do all that other stuff. So the Jesus thing is what will carry you through the highs and the lows. And by the way, if you've got a heart for justice, one of the things that will keep you going is it, it all has to be worship. Mm. Mother Teresa said that. She said, you know, when she was getting her Nobel Peace Prize for caring for people who were dying in, mm. in, in, in the slums of, of, of Calcutta, she said, um, we actually, we're not doing social work we're doing worship. Mm. She said, if it was social work, eventually you'd give up. You'd say, what's the point in continually caring for people who are going to die anyway? It's just yeah, stupid. Yeah. You'd go and you'd get into politics. You'd get into education. You'd try and prevent the problem. Yeah. After Maybe say you do like a year of being a really like heroic person, but you just run out of steam. Mm. And you get bitter and twisted. But she said the reason she kept doing it all of her life was she said, every time I meet someone who's dying in the, in the slums of Calcutta or wherever... 
that person is Jesus to me. That's what he says, Matthew 25 says, in so much you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So she knew it mattered, that it was strategic because she was actually blessing Jesus yeah. when she cared for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. So Jesus makes sense of it all. You lose Jesus, it's like you can have a Ferrari. If it's got, if it's not got an engine in it, it's all yeah. a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, I really like that analogy. And it's interesting you hearing you say that because, you know, I feel... Oh, in fact, I would like to ask you, how do you feel the church has maybe overcomplicated or misrepresented what worship is, what prayer is? Because, you know, like you said, Mother Teresa saw that as, as worship. This is my worship. Yeah. Um, but normally, I think, I guess at this point in the Western church, we kind of think, oh, the 20 minutes before yeah. the guy gets to speak up on stage, that's wor- That's the worship, yeah, quote, yeah. unquote. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, like, worship... Worship has to be bigger than the singing of songs, doesn't Mm. it? It has to be like all of your life or nothing. Mm. Because if you think about it, if it's not all of your life, then it means that your God's not big enough. Mm. If God's bigger than your whole life, then you're going to have to give him everything. So then that's going to affect, yeah, of course I'm going to sing songs, um, but I'm also, it's going to affect like the way I shop. (laughs) It's going to affect the way I, I, I... talk to my kids and all sorts of stuff so i, I remember we plant one church we planted and we didn't actually have uh, like a decent musician it was mm-hmm. an early startup pop-up church days and we're like oh no the, one of the things we're supposed to do right is have a a guy and it normally is a guy for some weird reason yeah. with a guitar i don't know why it's <laughs> got to be a guitar and then you got to do a singing thing and that's worship yeah and, and we're like well, we don't we don't and but what we did have was a guy called Kenton who was a photographer, mm. like just randomly. We had a photographer in our little startup, yeah. And so I remember we said, Can you just bring in all your best photos and like create an exhibition around the walls? And we'll put some Bible verses under them and we'll put some just music on the background mm. and we'll take some time just looking at the pictures, listening to the music, and reading the Bible verses. Now, it wasn't like the most dynamic worship time ever, but. I think what we, the point is we were trying to work out how do you worship if you don't have yeah. like, a guitarist. And, yeah. and, and that, it's a bigger question, how do you worship with all your life? Yeah, no, I think that's like very important. And you know, like I, like you said, you know, why has it got to be a guitar? I'm trying to, I'm Jesus, trying to. Rep Jesus the didn't play guitar. <laughs> you know, I often say to to my my friends who are worship leaders, and they're brilliant people. Some people knock them, but it's you know, it's actually really hard to write yeah. a decent worship song and all that. And, and it's not easy to stand up in front of people again and again for years yeah. and keep just being lost in wonder, love, and praise. I mean, these are heroes. Don't yeah. don't knock worship leaders. They're doing it right. It's the other stuff we've got to up the oxy on. Yeah. But I sometimes do say to them, you know, the way to really become a worship leader is practice wonder. Yeah. Like, learn to be amazed by yeah. life. Like, just say wow a lot. Like, learn to be that, that person who, like, stares at a tree and goes, that's, oh, that's an awesome tree. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, l- looks at your mum and goes, you're beautiful, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. So, and, and turn that towards God. So practice wonder. That's step one. Mm. Step two is gather your friends and make them wonder just remind them how amazing yeah, amazing yeah. life is yeah and once you've done that you can learn the guitar if it helps yeah but that's really that good. that last one is optional mm, does that make sense sure. and some people are really good at playing the guitar and singing songs to god but they've lost their wonder yeah and then i don't think it is worship anymore it's just a religious exercise for sure no it's so funny that you said the tree example because i literally had that i remember i was out in malawi for a couple of months yeah and i was with some we were, i was with a few people and we were just driving down some roads and someone was just like whoa look at that tree <laughs> that's that that's that kind of tree and that's that kind of tree yeah. and i was 
sitting there thinking, I've never looked at trees like that before. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you know, one of the things I think our culture does to us is it makes us a bit jaded and hard and cynical mm-hmm. and we don't want to look uncool. There's something really uncool about being enthusiastic yeah. about everything, especially if you're in your teens. For sure. It's like, I don't want to look too passionate. But I do think that's changing, by, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's more and more passion surfacing that's mm. becoming legit, which is wonderful. I remember I took our two boys when they were maybe, I don't know what they were like, say 12 and 10, to Zambia. And we went into a township, uh, like a compound, where all these kids had just nothing, just Mm. nothing. I remember they were using plastic plastic bags on bits of string as a kite. Like they didn't have a football, they'd like made one out of like scrumpling paper up there. They were just really, 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 really poor. Yeah. And my two boys looked so white, and there's all these black <laughs> kids around. And the kids, it was really a weird thing. They all, when they saw our boys, they formed a circle around them, holding hands, and they began to sing over them this this song mm. about look at the white boys and they all started to dance and you've never seen any two individuals look more awkward than my sons like that they, they live in surrey like yeah. they are as white as it can be and they're in the middle of zambia all these black kids who who don't look in a mirror pretty much yeah have never seen youtube they're not really they're not even particularly massively aware of how they're presenting they're just being in the moment being yeah, joyful yeah. and what was really cool was uh, it took about an hour for it all to drop off my boys and they then stopped being awkward and started singing mm. and being joyful. And I thought, wow, that's what our culture does to you. It, yeah. it makes you a bit hard. Mm. And actually, we all want to be just that joyful, happy, wonder-filled presence. For sure. So never, ever be cynical. If your friend is enthusiastic with you about something, don't be the one who goes, yeah, right. It's so easy to do. For sure. Or like, oh, yeah, that is a really good tree. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. That's just... That's horrible. Mm. Learn to just be amazed by life mm. and God and love and chocolate milkshakes and, and, you know, the weird little petrol colorings you get on the neck of pigeons when the sunlight yeah, catches it and those yeah. cool tattoos the guy in Starbucks has. Just be amazed by life. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll naturally turn it into worship in 101 different ways. Sorry to interrupt as you're listening into the episode, but I wanted to share two exciting things happening in the We Are Tier Fund community that you can be a part of during lockdown. First uh, is Emerging Influencers, which is a new six-week leadership program for 17 to 23-year-olds, and it connects you with like-minded game changers, helps you develop a theological understanding of justice, and equips you to positively impact people living in poverty. So over the six weeks, we'll be meeting together on Zoom, we'll be part of a WhatsApp group, and we'll be inviting other people to come in and conduct webinars on things like creativity, activism, theology, communications, and much, much more. So if you're passionate about justice and you want to make the most of your time as we're all isolated in our houses, then find out more at uh, wearetearfund.org forward slash emerging hyphen influencers or head to our Instagram at wearetearfund for more information. Places are limited, so make sure you apply by April 26th. Secondly, we have The Climb, the challenge that lets you fundraise for people living in poverty without needing to leave the front door. 
Make the most of your lockdown again and get sponsored for climbing your stairs to the equivalent height of some of the world's most iconic mountains. We may be stuck inside, but all money raised through the challenge will help Tier Fund respond to the coronavirus and reach those who are being hit the worst. To find out more and apply, head to www.tierfund.org. With everything happening around the world right now, it's easy to feel powerless and isolated, but this is the perfect opportunity to use your time well and make a difference. Now, back to the interview. And on the other side of that, so you have that side of being amazed, being wild, but also there's that side of being like angered and yeah. like abhorred by yeah. the injustice in the world. How do we make sure that we convert that anger into the direction of prayer as opposed to it kind of swallowing us up? Yeah, well, you've got to really remember who your enemy is. Like, base, here's, here's the deal. You know, Ephesians 6 says our battle is not against flesh and blood, mm. but it's against principalities and powers in high places. And we've got to understand that, like, when something terrible happens, it's not because God wanted it to happen. Mm. It's because there is a battle. It is real. And there is an enemy at loose in the world. That's what's really going on. And I, I meet a lot of Christians who don't really believe in Satan. I mean, they do in theory, but in practice, they just think it's them and God. And then they end up getting angry with God for stuff that's not God's fault. Mm-hmm. Like when a child is trafficked, that's not God's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave his life to stop stuff like that happening. That is something demonic that's going on. So focus. And also, some people, they blame God. Other people just blame people. Yeah, and here's what let me be really challenging like say someone does some terrible atrocity like they go and stab a load of people mm. and the, the papers will say they're evil like actually as followers of Jesus we've got to even somehow have a bit of grace for yeah. them because we ultimately understand our battle's not against flesh and blood it, it's not against that person it's there is an enemy and mm. if you don't believe that you won't really pray because it is a battle. Your prayers do change stuff. There's stuff that will not happen unless you yourself pray about it. Yeah. Like you have friends I don't have. I just will never meet them. If you don't pray for them, if you're the only Christian in your class, yes, probably because God's put you there as a missionary and to pray for them. There's probably mm-hmm. no one else who's going to pray for them. So take that negative and realize it's your biggest opportunity. Yeah, that's really good. That's a really strong challenge. Uh, Another challenge is how do we make sure that prayer doesn't just become kind of like a like a slacktivist way of just being like, oh yeah, bad things happen in the world, but I've yeah. asked God to sort it out. Yeah, the hashtag. Yeah, you know, pray for Justin yeah, Bieber's exactly. Veruca. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you know, obviously one of the leaders of twenty four seven prayer when great crises do come up, I'll often do a bit of a hashtag, you know, pray for, and then mm. you insert the name of the thing. And I almost always get trolls who come back at me going, why don't you idiots stop praying and do something useful? Mm. Here's what I've found is people who are praying are doing. It's very rare. Like, it's, it's, there's some people who do, but they never pray. But if you're going to take the trouble to talk to God about a problem, you're probably also going to get informed about it. Yeah. You're probably also going to vote about it, and you're old enough to vote. You're probably also going to like campaign on it, 
And if you look at the stats, like, for example, the church is the biggest provider of, you know, debt relief, mm. of, of child care. It's at the forefront of the fight against human trafficking. The church globally is a two billion strong revolutionary movement of justice and love. Mm. That's what we're part of. So don't you dare say to me, if just because I say we should pray, that that means I'm not doing something. Yeah. It's the people who pray who are doing something. When you look at, like... There's thousands of people in some like uh, protest. Say you, if you're in the UK, probably at least ten percent of them are followers of Jesus yeah. who are praying about it. Yeah. But people, it's weird idea that the the prayers are over in in dusty old buildings, <laughs> and then there are other yeah. people out there actually doing something. I think we are the people. We are in the midst of the real world, and we just happen to believe that our problems aren't just socioeconomic, yeah. but they're spiritual as well. And we do that in solidarity with almost every person who's ever lived. Mm. You step outside the Western world, everyone believes in God. And if you go back 2,000, 3,000 years, almost everyone's believed in God. So it's normative to believe there's a spiritual realm, and we just like, we've got to pray yeah. as well as campaign and shop carefully and yeah, all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. And I think there's a difficulty that I think I've heard people express before in if I don't pray about this, does that mean God doesn't care enough to do anything? Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, yes and no. God, of course, God cares. But he's chosen to work in partnership with us. Mm. And the really doubt, a scary side of that is there are things that if I don't pray, won't happen. Mm. Like some of the really bad things happening in the world are, in the world are because Christians are not praying. Mm. And so the enemy is having a field day. Because no one's the people who are tooled up with the weapons to resist him aren't using them. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? But that's not because God doesn't care. It's because we don't care. God's people don't care. You want proof that God cares, look at the cross. And then people say, well, why did God do that? Like, if he's all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, why doesn't he just do it anyway? Why do we have to pray? And the answer to that is because God didn't want us to be robots. He wanted to, us to be able to love and make choices and have relationships. Like, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you don't love you control people, right? You you make them do stuff. You mm. deprive them of their free will. God is love, so he gave us free will. That meant we can do terrible things with our choices, mm -hmm. and we can. I can walk out of this building now and do the most terrible thing to someone. Mm. I'm, and I don't believe God will stop me, even though he's love, mm. right? But I can also make choices to leave this building and do incredible and kind things for people mm. that do express God's love. And so prayer is the extension of that free will principle. It's yeah. me saying to God, with my will, yes, let your love happen here. Let mm. your freedom happen here. Let your justice happen here. And it's like that's a landing pad for God's love and his purposes into a situation. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, as someone who has been on this journey for, for a while now, we've started 24-7, uh, I think there's always a danger, like even, even at my young age, quote-unquote young, um, you know, sometimes like a relationship, things can get a bit formulaic and it yeah. becomes like, this is just how we do it because this is how we've always done it. Yeah. And I feel that I've spoken to a lot of people who have found that in their prayer life as yeah. well as well. How do you stop that? Like, how do you break out of the formula? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is it's really good to recognise it. And if you have a little bit of a formula, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like in my marriage... Um, if I only ever told Sammy that I loved her when I was overwhelmed with emotion, I wouldn't tell her often enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Going through the emotions a bit isn't actually a bad 
thing. Yeah. Like, don't, if sometimes, you will go through seasons in your relationship with God where worship feels a bit more boring. Mm -hmm. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Not You're not feeling overwhelmed with passion for Jesus. Yeah. You're just like, and if you, if you keep tracking with that, what will happen probably is you will then come back into another season of great joy, right? Yeah. And it's not that one is more authentic than the other. In fact, it's probably more authentic when you worship and you're not feeling it. Mm. So learn to surf the peaks and troughs and be faithful even when you're not feeling it. So that's yeah. the first thing. But there are things you can do to kind of defibrillate your heart a little bit and wake yeah. yourself up. I mean, one of them, honestly, is... is Let's just talk about praying for a justice issue or praying for someone who doesn't know Jesus. Just love them more. Like, what does that look like? Well, say I'm praying for my, a friend who doesn't know Jesus. If it's just theory, I ought to do this. I'll get bored. Well, why don't I then say, hey, let's get coffee next week. And over coffee, ask them so many questions, really get into their lives in a way that you start to feel what they're feeling. You start to care. Mm -hmm. Like, you will, because if they start saying, well, actually, my mum's really sick right now, and you, you think, oh, no, I'm so sorry to yeah. hear that, you're starting to feel it again. So, or, or if you're praying to a justice, you don't just think, I ought to pray about you know, human trafficking. Mm. Go online, do some research, and start to, think, to focus on one story that moves you. And then when you move, turn that into prayer. So I think they're just really practical things we yeah. can do to... Um, stay awake emotionally yeah. so that we're not going through the motions spiritually. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for your time, Pete. Oh, it's a joy. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. You've recently brought out a book called How to Pray. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so if anyone's listening and wants more tips, a bit more wisdom from you, they can check that out. Yeah, it's called How to Pray, a simple guide for normal people. And um, the, the good thing with it is it's nice and simple and there are free video clips associated with every chapter. And you get, if you're not into reading, you get an audio version of it. So hopefully it, it will help people just grow in their most important relationship, which is walking and talking with God each day of your life. So some great words of wisdom there from Pete. What did you both take away from it? Well, I actually loved when he was saying about um, his relationship with Jesus. Um, I think it was like really powerful and I can really um, relate to that. I think especially like looking at things like prayer. Um, I think for me, it always, it always scared me a little bit because people say prayer is this scary big thing. But actually all it is is a, a relationship and a conversation with Jesus. Um, which I think it was really encouraging to hear him say that, considering that he started 24-7-hour prayer. Um, so, and, and then one of the things that he was saying, that actually you can be into um, all these things of justice and really want to work towards it and um, do all of those things, but actually without worship, it won't keep you going. Like, I think you can easily just move on and um, kind of lose hope, but actually if you continue in worship and you continue to pray and have a really good solid relationship with Jesus, he will encourage you and push you through. And also um, you become closer to him. So then you're closer to the things that really frustrate him and really annoy him. Because the things that annoy him is injustice. So if you, if you are close to Jesus, then you're closer to that feeling of frustration um, when it comes to injustice. 
definitely. I think the thing that resonated with me was when he was talking about the need to love people more. And the way we do that is getting to know them and their stories. And it is, it's, it's about looking beyond our immediate situation, our immediate context to really um, understand what people are going through. And that's so important when we're thinking about justice and when we're thinking about marginalised groups who are quite far from our everyday life and what we expect. But knowing, knowing individual people and their stories who've been through something similar um, just c- creates a connection and helps you pray for them far more, I don't know, accurately and passionately because you've related to them and their personal experiences rather than something that's a wider, kind of just broader, more kind of faceless or anonymous kind of problem or issue. Definitely, and I think that kind of speaks into what you're saying about uh, when we find ourselves just kind of going through the motions, whether that be, with, you know, trying to love other people, praying for people, or whether it be in our own relationship with God. I think it's that balance of, like, like you said, not being too worried about that, or just of just knowing, like, sometimes, you know, we will say I love you to, like, our partners and our families, but it doesn't necessarily, we don't only say it when we're just, like, overwhelmed with, like, passion to do that. Um, and then on the other side of it, though, is, like, yeah, get to know people, remind yourself of going back to the core, and you will always kind of remember to, you know, stay awake, stay awake emotionally, to not go through the motions spiritually, which I really loved when you said that. I think that's a great place to end it. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back again on the 27th of April with another episode. We'll be hearing from Lucy, a singer-songwriter from LA, who started using her voice for justice. If you like what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund.